We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Oh, boy. Basketball is fun again. You've got the Lakers, the Summer League Lakers, now 2-0, and blowing out the Warriors in this one, 177. We'll talk about that game, break down what we liked, a few things that we didn't like. We'll also talk a little bit, of course, about the trade rumors regarding Kyrie Irving, everything that's going on there, maybe a backup plan for the Lakers involving the Indiana Pacers. We'll talk about all that and plus take your questions and comments coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. Welcome in. If you guys are joining me live, Sean Davis coming in here as well. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing good. And that game was a lot of fun to watch. And I'm glad we get to talk about it. Um, I've got a lot of people talking about Cole Swider. Oh, my God. So why don't why don't we just start there? Cole Swider on the night. Finishes with 16 points, five of eight from three, three boards and a block. Five of eight from three, five of eight from the field. Every shot he took was a three. Effortless, the shot just goes up. It's smooth. It feels like every shot is going in. What do the Lakers have here in Cole Swider, who is on a two-way contract right now? They have a potential diamond in the rough. And I, I not a lot of people really were hiring them in, in the draft boards, but... Man, he can just shoot it. And I think we were texting in our Lakers issue group that we were like, man, it doesn't matter who's guarding him. If you're not up in his grill, he is firing that and he's making it. So, um, yeah, and that, that's an ideal player next to LeBron and Anthony Davis and maybe even Kyrie Irving if that trade goes down. Um, just a guy that has some size that can really, really shoot the three ball well. And I think we saw, we've seen a glimpse of what Cole Swider can do. So it's Swider, right? It's not Swider, it's Swider. We got that? Oh, I don't confirmed. know. No, oh, okay, that crap. is not confirmed at all. Okay, cool. Um, we we're, we got a glimpse of what he could potentially provide over these last two games. He's not the worst defender either. So, yeah, that's a positive as well. Well, I mean, that's that's what I'm looking for now is I'm looking to see, we, okay, we know he can shoot the three. Is he going to shoot 95% from three forever? No, of course not. He's not going to continue to shoot it quite at this rate. Can he be a threat from behind the arc? Yes, I think we've seen that. I think we've seen the form is great. Um, I like the quick trigger too. Doesn't seem to matter if somebody's in his face or not. The shot 
the form, the follow through. It's all the same, which is great. All good stuff. Checking the checking a lot of boxes there. Now the question is, what else can you do, right? What else can you do? Can you be on the floor defensively? Can you be a factor on the boards? There are times, and again, not to go negative here with him or anything, because he had a great performance and, and everybody's excited about the shooting. But there are times where if he's not taking the open three, he can disappear a little bit. Like you just don't notice him really do a lot else out there on the floor. And so that's something to keep in mind. And part of that is me. I'm trying to focus a little bit more in on him off the ball now and really pay attention to what he's doing defensively because that is going to be key. Check that first box. The guy can shoot. Great. Now, what else can he do? Can he be playable defensively? That's going to be really important to his long-term future in the NBA. Agree, man. Uh, yeah, it's always about doing, be able to do more than one thing. You don't want to be a one-trick pony. And um, again, we already know he's an elite shooter or a great shooter, I guess, or a good shooter. We haven't really seen him in real NBA action yet. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's been awesome so far. And Trevor's he's... looking down, got me nervous. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm retweeting. I'm, I'm going into the Lakers Nation account and retweeting our show. That's that's what I'm, oh. which is which is going out from my Twitter account. I'm not... There's no news breaking or anything that I'm aware of. That's that's what I was doing right right there. Um, so, Dang it, Trevor. <laughs> so I liked what we saw there, but I'll tell you what, and we're going to get to Jay Huff in a minute. The guy who really stood out to me in this one was Scotty Pippen Jr. Um, and I know we focus in on the shooting and everything of, of Swider, which is great, but Scotty Pippen Jr., no turnovers in this game after looking really shaky in the previous game, but we had heard good things out of him in, in training camp that he looked really under control. We saw that now in this game only played just, just under 20 minutes and you've got 15 points, eight assists, three steals, no turnovers for SPJ four of seven shooting from the field, really nice efficiency and seven free throw attempts finds ways to get the, to the free throw line. I liked a lot of what we saw out of him on the offensive end. I know, Sean, you had some concerns defensively, but on the offensive end, this is this I'm hoping is a glimpse into Scottie Pippen Jr. with the nerves settled down that we saw in game one. Yeah, agreed. I, th- I think he's still got a little out of control sometimes, but again, it's to be expected. This is his second game against even just some NBA talent. Um, like it was one, for example, where he just like drove in the three dudes in transition and they call it a foul, which was really more of a strip. Um, but yeah, I, I think offensively his ability to draw contact and create fouls. I thought the two fouls that he drew on, on the threes were legit fouls. Mm-hmm. Um, not some, hey, let me bump into him and draw the foul or whatever. Um, so his ability to get to the line, his shot making ability and his passing. He had a great dump off pass. So I think Nate Pierre Lewis, was that it that got the dunk or am I? Uh, I'm there. not sure. I don't recall who who got the dunk on that play, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he has a lot of offensive upside. But, yeah, I think offensively, you love what he did today, his passing ability, his ability to draw fouls and, you know, finish at the rim, but also hit jumpers. I think that that was very positive as well from Scotty. Could not have been Nate Pierre-Lewis because he did not play in this one. Ah. In fact, we saw three guys who played last game, Vito Brown, Sharif O'Neal, Nate Pierre-Lewis getting zero minutes in this game. Instead, um, you saw Sasha Kalea Jones. You saw RJ Cole get out there. Javante McCoy get out there. Other guys got got these minutes. Fabian White Jr. So other guys got the minutes. That's standard, though, for Summer League. That doesn't mean that these other guys are just gone. Vito Brown, Sharif O'Neal, Nate Pierre-Lewis. Doesn't mean they're gone and that you're not going to see them again. 
no, just you, you mix things up, get everybody a chance to, to have a little bit of exposure, show show what they can do. So that's what that's about. Uh, I, I get I liked him a lot there, uh, Scotty Pippen Jr., and I'm interested to see what he looks like next game. I did not realize that I will be traveling to Vegas during the next game. Did not know that when I when I booked my trip, but I guess I'll I'll take it. I can uh, I'll have to miss that one. Uh, Jay Huff, brutal. Jay Huff, let's talk about him. Thirteen points, six boards, three blocks, one of three from deep, two of six shooting from the field, five of five from the free throw line, under sixteen minutes played, thirteen six and three. Jay Huff to me. I didn't feel like he made a huge impact in the second half, but when you see him out there, you just think, yep, that's an NBA player. Yeah, agreed. My bad. Um, but no, agreed. His ability to stretch the floor and hit three-point shots. He had one where they're coming down transition. Might have been Scotty Pippen Jr. coming down transition. Um, Jay Huff is running his lane. I think he's running the rim, and he spaces out to the corner. He's able to kind of quickly set his feet and knock down the corner three, which I thought was super impressive. It shows how mobile and agile he is as a big um obviously the rim protection ability which is really underrated and um again there's some marcus all in there a little bit honestly um not saying he's gonna be marcus all but there's you know a little bit of marcus all in jay huff's game and i think matt tweeted this out i tweeted this out i think jay huff and cole swider definitely need to get training camp invites because i think they've been the two players that i think can easily help this team quicker next season obviously um max christie he's on the roster but cole swider and jay huff were the two players i was most impressed by today for sure and it doesn't it doesn't hurt you to bring those guys into camp and give them a real look and i think they've earned it so far now again we've got a ways to go there's another california classic game coming up in a couple of days then we've got summer league in las vegas and that's what usually this is kind of like the california classic is like the warm-up for the las vegas summer league and then you get that going, then, you know, the competition might might uh, move up a notch. And so that's going to be important as well. Speaking of competition, Max Christie, you know what? Like people have said, well, the three-point shooting hasn't quite been there and, and all of that. That's true. Three of seven shooting tonight. Did have a nice runner. Didn't even attempt a three. Two of two at the free throw line. Six boards, two assists, uh, two turnovers, and eight points. What stood out to me the most about his game tonight was that he was defending Moses Moody, who was a lottery pick last year, who not only was a lottery pick, but has now a year of ex- NBA experience under his belt. And Max did not look out of his element at all defending Moses Moody. I think that was the biggest takeaway in regards to the Lakers' 35th pick. Of course. And I was high on Max Christie. And I think I thought day one he was going to be a really good defender. I didn't think it was going to be that good. I thought tonight what he showed, again, is the second game of Summer League, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think anybody could have really expected a rookie, a 19-year-old player, playing his second game against semi-NBA competition, locking up and shutting down, for the most part, an NBA rotation player. Because that's what Moses Moody was last season. He was a rotation player who was kind of in and out based on some of the injuries and situations that the Warriors had. He played a lot in that Dallas series, I recall. So you're facing an NBA player, and Max Christie held his own, and then some, um, his his defensive ability. And also, I think everything I showed in the breakdown on Max Christie, we saw tonight, especially defensively, his ability. And it stands out too, Trevor, because you watch Max Christie like fight around screens and maneuver mm-hmm. around screens, and then you watch somebody else, you're like, 
yeah, this is different. Um, there, so yeah, there I, was I the one was play. Christie gets put into a pick and roll with Moses Moody as the ball handler. He gets screened. He locks in and trails behind Moody, stays in the play. And then Moody tried a little dump off pass when I forget who the big was. Maybe it was Jay Huff. I'm not sure. Comes over to contest Moody. And Max Christie is right there stepping into that lane to get the steal. It was mm-hmm. just just a smart play. And it was exactly what we've been talking about with him defensively. Um, so that was that was great to see. And the chat's talking about he's a low-key playmaker. Yeah, he's an underrated passer and playmaker as well out of ball screen. So I thought this was a great performance. I didn't fully watch the uh, first game, but I'm a little bothered. Like, Max, you got to shoot a little bit more. Like, I feel like he got a couple of looks that he passed down. Um, I'm hoping that's not him getting in his own head a little bit after the first game. Um, But just shoot, man. Shoot or shoot. And I thought he got a couple of looks that – he probably should have shot, but it's okay. Second game, I think he'll adjust. And uh, again, tonight defensively, he was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Demetrius Jones, would you rather have the Indiana trade or Kyrie? So the Indiana trade being some rumored deal, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. Uh, Kyrie might expect a long-term contract at the end of the season. What do you think, Sean? Would you rather just do a trade for straight up, just do Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook for you know Russ and, and picks or whatever it is, for Kyrie and it's Seth Curry or Joe Harris, something like that. Or would you rather just do the Indiana trade that we've heard is maybe the backup plan, which is Miles Turner and or Buddy Heald? Uh, that Kyrie Irving deal for sure, especially if the asking price in terms of picks is even the same or more for Indiana, which is what we've heard from past rumor deals with the Pacers. Um, it's Kyrie. Kyrie gives you the better chance to win a title. And that's honestly the most I have to say, especially if the draft compensation is about the same for what Indiana would want, if not more, you you do Kyrie. If they're both on a table at the same time, you do Kyrie. If that's not on the table, then yeah, sure, you go do Indiana for Miles Turner and hopefully Buddy Heald. Um, but yeah, that you, you do that Kyrie deal, and then you fall back on Indiana, worst case. I've seen a lot of NBA personalities, national media saying, well, of course the Lakers would have to give up both their picks, 2027 and 2029, in order to do this deal because they're desperate. That's that's the take that I've seen. Like, they're desperate to get rid of Russ, so of course they have to give up both of these picks. I'm curious to see if Rob Palenka will actually need to do that, give up both first-round picks, or if he can negotiate away from that, particularly if he's taking on Joe Harris, whose contract runs for two more seasons. Not to say Joe Harris is a bad player. I mean, he's one of the best shooters in the league when he's healthy, but we don't know how healthy he actually is. I don't know. Like my hope is that the Lakers can get this thing done without having to put in both first for Kyrie Irving, with just one year left under contract. Agree. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think Kyrie would be a long-term play as well. Not just for next season. I think you would at least sign him on for maybe a two plus one long-term. I think you got to be careful. Give yourself some team options and stuff in there. Who knows if that creates a bigger problem, but Kyrie with LeBron. Okay. Kyrie without LeBron, if LeBron's sailing off into the sunset in a couple of years, I'm trying to tie Kyrie's contract to LeBron's because I don't know. And who knows? Maybe he's great. Maybe he's a model citizen if and when this trade goes down. But I don't know how confident I am about Kyrie post LeBron without LeBron in the fold because that hasn't been successful. Has it wasn't successful in Boston, wasn't successful in Brooklyn. That's the one thing I'm, I'm careful of, and I'm trying to build myself in a little bit of flexibility if I'm the Lakers. But 
Uh, again, that, that may not be possible. We'll, we'll see how it all goes down. We know LeBron, the report from Mark Stein today, is that LeBron is rooting for this Kyrie deal to get done. That's got to be a factor here. And that tells me the Lakers are probably going to do everything they can to make this thing happen. Agreed. Because they gave you the best chance to win a title, so you have to do it. Uh, Davis Painter, if Reeves was here, it would be a super team. LOL. <laughs> I don't know, man. The way they're guarding, I'll tweet actually that um, this summer league defense is better than the Lakers team defense last year. But adding off the Reeves to that mix would make it even more true. I don't mind. Like, I was really hoping to see Austin Reeves in Summer League. But watching this team play, I don't mind it because it means we get a look at some of these other guys that, frankly, with the way they're playing, we probably need to get more of a look at. So I think there's that's the silver lining here to not getting to see Austin Reeves plays. It means it's, it gives us an extended look at some of these other guys. Yep. Uh... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Intel Wild said, Trevor and Sean. What's wrong, Sean? No, I'm just reading this. I'm reading it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Trevor and Sean, I'm scared. Please hold me. I can give you a virtual hug here or something, but uh, I'm getting Kawhi vibes on this Kyrie thing. I think we all are, because if we yeah. weren't, we wouldn't be up until 4 a.m. last night on the East Coast doing a Twitter <laughs> Spaces. <laughs> that By the way, it was, was a bunch of fun. We did hear all of these rumors that Kawhi was coming to the Lakers, that Kawhi was focused on pushing his way to the Lakers, all these things. And then last minute, suddenly it's, oh, no, no, he's going to the Clippers. Um, that was certainly a rough experience from Laker, the Lakers' perspective. Now, of course, it worked out. They won a championship coming off of that, that summer. I think we're going to see a backup plan from the Lakers, even if this Kyrie thing doesn't go down. I think the Kevin Durant thing really is slowing this down. And it makes sense, right? Because if you're the, if you're the Nets, how many trade offers did the Nets get for Kevin Durant, you think? 20? Yeah. Probably. How many of them are serious? <laughs> yeah, but, like but still, like that's that's a phone call you have to field. That's a negotiation. Mm -hmm. That's a discussion you have to have. That's something you have to put on the board in your war room. It's something you have to discuss. You eliminate things as you go. That's a process that takes a while. If it's five teams putting in offers, okay, right? But when it's pretty much the entire league says, hey, I would like to have Kevin Durant on my team, that is a difficult process to get through and sort through it all with any kind of speed. 
unfortunately, it's had sort of a Kawhi esque effect in that it's kind of shut down the league, right? Like we haven't seen much going on in terms of free agency or anything like that because everybody's waiting to see what happens here. Unfortunately, it seems like the Kyrie trade is probably getting wrapped up into that as well, where it's just slowed down by whatever's going on with KD. My hope was that the the Kyrie trade was going to be fairly straightforward between the Lakers and the Nets, and they would be able to just get it done. But the fact that here we are now, 24 hours after the Chris Haynes report that there was optimism that it was going to get done, Ian Begley saying it could even get done today, uh, that the, the Lakers thought it might happen, that tells me that either the Nets are really trying to get the Lakers to bend on something or and or the Kevin Durant thing is acting as a stopping point and the Nets are trying to figure that out before they ultimately pull the trigger on this Kyrie deal. I'm glad you brought up the stop hole thing. So Mark Stein and Eric Pincus, they were doing a Spotify live green room, I think, a little bit yep. before they got to listen to it a little, little before I hopped on. Um, I think it was Mark Stein. He made the point about how Brooklyn could just wait and wait and wait and field all their offers. Personally, again, I'm no insider, but personally, I don't think that's I, I, that can't be accurate. I don't well, think and our because... own Daniel Starkan just reporting now said Mark Stein just said that he has still not heard of any suitors for Kyrie outside of the Lakers. That's awesome to hear. Um, but I don't think that's accurate about the KD trade thing because, like you mentioned, this is a holding, creating a stop hold on the entire NBA. Like, what what happened today, free agency wise? Goran Dragic, is that it? Honestly, yeah, yeah. I mean, of, really, just just not much. Everybody's waiting to see what's going to happen with this. Everybody's waiting. If Brooklyn lets this drag out past this week, teams are eventually going to say, "Screw it, we can't just." be held hostage we have to make moves and move on so brooklyn in my opinion maybe i'm ridiculous but brooklyn in my opinion has to act fast because otherwise maybe a couple of these moves that are really really good those teams are going to start to back up because it's been a week two weeks and we're still in free agency with a lot of good signings and yeah i i just don't i don't think brooklyn can really afford to wait if they are going to trade kd i don't think they can wait past the end of this week I mean, Kawhi was like a week that he pushed everything, but I agree. Ultimately, four days. Yeah, you got to do something if you're Brooklyn at some point. But part of what happens too in free agency is we have so much happen right at the beginning that it gives us a warped view of how long things should take because we're like, oh, all this stuff. Like the second the buzzer sounded, Shams tweets out like 10 signings. Cool. This moves really fast. Reality is, those signings were negotiated over the, over the past month, the past six weeks, right? Like, that's why it was all ready to go at the buzzer. Now this stuff that's just popping up, it takes time to work through this. Everything else was done well in advance, just, you know, tampering. So you can't put that out there publicly. So that's a factor here is that we tend to look at things like, oh, my gosh, this is taking so long. Not really. Just all the stuff that happened at the beginning of free agency was already a done deal for the most part in the preceding, what, six weeks or so. So that's that's coming into play where it's giving people this false sense of how long something should take. But I also think you're right. At some point, teams are just going to say, look, we're not waiting anymore. We've got to move on. We've got to put our roster together, particularly if guys start coming off the board and everything. 
teams aren't going to sit around and wait forever. So that's going to be a factor here in this. Brooklyn has to figure things out sooner rather than later. Ultimately, everything right now is pointing to Kyrie winding up with the Lakers. But I understand if people still feel burned from the Kawhi situation and are skeptical until the deal is actually done. I said this on the Twitter spaces last night, which again, if you are coming from that, or well, I guess that was last night, but still had a lot of fun. But I did say last night that, again, no insider I am. I'm, I watch film, so this is just a theory. I think the Kyrie trade's done. I just think the Kyrie's trade is done in Brooklyn, and that's why some of the stuff that's come out the past day or so has been really, really weird, that some of it's actually been proven to be old footage that's just getting brought back up for some weird reason. Um, leverage that's a leverage play by brooklyn yeah, brooklyn's trying like for, like if rob Polinka's like hey we'll send you a first and brooklyn's like okay cool deal they but they're just saying hey rob we're gonna wait for this kd thing to wait uh to get done and then they start pushing out random stuff in the media that makes sense trying to drive up some of that, uh drive up some of that leverage just now brooklyn and sean marks are like hey look dallas and miami just throwing out two teams they're interested now here you have to it give was, it was dallas and the 76ers and dallas then you got reports yep. from those teams saying no nope. no we're not <laughs> um in fact here stein just just confirmed it said the mavs have no plans to pursue Kyrie in a trade lakers are the only team trying to get him yeah I mean, that's 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 it that's the real but if you're the nets you have to do this you, you have, have to. to try to drum up any kind of leverage to say up oh, lakers you guys aren't the only team anymore look the mavs we could send him to the Mavs, so you'd better give us both those picks. You better take Joe Harris. Better do all these things. We need a pick swap. This is on the Lakers to kind of call the bluff, and, and that's what happened here. Um, again, there's going to be a leverage battle here. Both sides have an argument for why they should have the leverage, right? The Nets can say, you guys are desperate. You're going nowhere with Russ. You need Kyrie. The Lakers can say, we're the only team you can sell to, and you know that you have to move on from Kyrie Irving. So if you're going to get anything out of him, you got to talk to us. So can they find common ground? That's the question uh, that, that needs to be answered here. Uh, Chad Beard, Trevor, who needs Kyrie? Just signed the Summer League roster. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Hey. That works. If the main team plays defense the way the Summer League team does, man, we'll be in good shape. Right? Right? Uh, T dot conspiracy theory, KD to Suns, Kyrie to the Lakers. Kyrie asked for a trade after one year, reunites with KD in Phoenix. LeBron and CP3 finally team up. What in Phoenix or a trade? Kyrie to Phoenix in for LA? Chris Paul. That's what he's That'd saying. Be a sign in trade. Yeah, that's look. I could see something where a Kyrie to LA deal gets folded into. Whoop. Oh boy. Just knock my mic down. Uh, a Kyrie to LA deal gets folded into a Kevin Durant deal um, with all these other teams. But again, I, I think this is probably going a step too far with the conspiracy. Agreed. I, I don't see this one happening. Uh, Lunatic said, my realistic move for the Lakers, trade Russ for Kyrie and Seth. I think that's the, the preferred trade for the Lakers trade THT and a first round pick for buddy. There's not enough money there for that to work. Um, hope Pat Bev gets bought out and give him a veteran minimum and get TJ Warren on a veteran minimum and Thomas Bryant. 
I mean, that would be ideal. That's a but lot. I, that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff bouncing the Lakers' way. <laughs> Certainly, I look, I would love to see it, but you've got to add more. So it's THT, none, Wenyan Gabriel, something like that, in order to get a Buddy Heald trade done. Um, Russ for Kyrie, it's probably going to be Russ plus picks and things like that. So that would be the ideal outcome. Yes, I'm, I'm good. Like, that would be great. I think there's a lot there that is questionable enough to where you say, okay, the chance that all of these things happen is pretty slim. Agreed. All right, let's see what else we've got here. I know a lot of people are still asking about this. Oh, uh, Anthony says, what do you guys think about KJ Martin for the traded player exception? So they've got a trade exception from the Marcus Saul trade. I don't have KJ Martin's contract in front of me. I don't know if he actually um, if he actually fits there, but if you Wait, could, Rockets if you, KJ Martin, yeah, hmm. if you could get him, sure, yeah, sure, yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. You can make something happen there. Uh, is Stan so Stanley Johnson a playoff rotation level player? Yes, if the shooting is really improved, like we're mm-hmm. hearing it is. The question is the shooting. Yep. Question is the shooting. So you've heard that his shooting is improved over the summer. Or like from like we've seen again, like from the workout videos. And again, take those with a massive grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if it is, if it really has, then yeah, he's a playoff rotation level player. Because last year, he was probably our best perimeter defender. Austin Reeves makes a good case for that too. So you have that already. And then you're at least a league average shooter. Mm -hmm. So good playoff rotation player. Yeah, I think he can be. Um, The guy using my name said F them picks. F them. Taking a a cue from the the Rams. Um, In focus said Kyrie has a good relationship with LeBron, AD, and Phil. Just hope in the end he's wearing purple and gold. He said right now everything is pointing to Short of Kyrie and Kevin Durant, which you never know, changing their minds and saying, you know what, Brooklyn, never mind. We'll just stay Um, like if Kevin Durant was on the verge of being traded to a team, he really, really, really doesn't want to go to. Short of that happening right now, it sounds like the Lakers are the only buyer. And you know, so Ryan McDonough on Twitter today, who's the former GM of the Suns, was asked, like, what's the how much do teams actually want these guys, Russell Westbrook and Kyrie Irving on a scale of one to 10, how much do teams want these players on these contracts? And he said, Russell Westbrook one on a one to 10 scale, Kyrie Irving two. Like if the Lakers didn't have Russ, they wouldn't want Kyrie. It's just because they already have this kind of headache of a player or a guy that can cause headaches, right? That, and part of that is fit and all that. Don't calm down. Russ stands, but um, they've already got Russ. And so they figured, look, if we've already got a headache, why not just go get another headache, swap him out for someone that fits a lot better. We're going to have a headache either way, but at least get the guy that on the court fits much better. Plus LeBron wants him. So maybe that is a factor in terms of LeBron signing that contract extension. Relationships definitely do matter. And apparently the report as well is, which might add added in pressure to get this deal done the report is lebron really really wants Kyrie, and he's been pushing hard for get to get Kyrie. Mm-hmm. maybe you get this done maybe lebron's more inclined to sign that extension in august and they go from there 
I don't know, man. This is getting a little dicey. But again, it's only been like four days, which is not really a lot of time. Um, but it's just that the nature of free agency and you want to get it done already. And the fact that, like you mentioned uh, not too long ago, Trevor, the fact that we got like 15 signings within the span of five minutes uh, to start free agency off. Um, so, yeah, I, I think relationships definitely do matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Vector Nova. Hey, Trevor, when are you heading out for Summer League? Are you still doing a live show tomorrow? Uh, and did you see the Nets don't want to take back salary? Okay, so first part, I'm going out to Summer League on the 5th. Fingers crossed. I know Summer League doesn't start until the 7th, but I've got some studio time on the 6th. So I'm going out that evening. Fingers crossed. Nothing Lucky. happens when we're in the air. Um, I don't think I've fully ex- told you this, Sean, but uh, you're uh, you're on call while I'm in the air. <laughs> just just <laughs> FYI, in case anything happens. Uh, but, and I'll go over the details on that with you in a bit, but um, I am heading out to Summer League that day. I'm going to be there for at least a few days. We'll be there through the Lakers' first game. And we're going to be doing some stuff out of uh, the out of the win out of Blue Wire Studios there, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I uh, did so. Yes, still doing a live show tomorrow. That that's still going to happen. I know it's Fourth of July, but I am still planning on doing a show. Did you see the Nets don't want to take back salary? I did, and that's fine to me. Like it's not my money, but from my perspective, if I'm the Lakers and I look, I know Jeannie Bus doesn't have as much money as Steve Ballmer and, and all that, but my franchise essentially prints money, and this is my chance to not have to potentially not have a lost 2022-2023 season. I'm saying, okay, you don't want to take back any additional salary. Fine. We'll take Joe Harris. We'll take $19 million off your books for the next season. But but that means you're only getting one first in this deal. You use it as a negotiating point. That's what I'm doing if I'm the Lakers in this situation. If you're going to take back salary, you make that a concession on your side in exchange for the Nets giving up something on the other side. And that's part of how you negotiate and how you get something done. Um, I don't have a problem with the Nets not wanting to take back salary. I think that's reasonable, particularly if they're going to start to have to kind of rebuild their franchise. Yeah, I'm doing that too if I'm the Nets. I'm saying I don't want to take back salary. If anything, I want to give up salary. Great. If you're the Lakers, use that. Yeah, again, I mean, I, I don't care. Take back salary, don't take back salary, whatever. I don't I don't even care what they do with Russell Westbrook. That's not my problem. Just give me Kyrie Irving. Uh, Dre Johnson, do you think Rob will hold up this deal because of Joe Harris? Do you think Bron will do a one plus one deal if we get Kyrie? So my hope would be no. It might look if Joe Harris is the sticking point, if it's money that's the sticking point. That's weird. We're probably talking ownership, not necessarily Rob. Now, Rob, of course, is looped in with all of this stuff. But usually if it's a, a situation where you've got to add to your salary, that becomes an ownership question because they're the ones that have to write the check, right? So I would assume that the difference, assuming the medicals are fine with Joe Harris and Seth Curry, that going from Seth Curry to Joe Harris is not enough to kill the deal. That would be my assumption. If it is, if it is enough to kill the deal, that's a little troubling, on, uh, in my opinion. And I do think LeBron will do a one-plus-one because he'll want to be able to hit free agency in 2024 when Bronny could be hitting the NBA. Agreed. And I promise you I'm going to lose it if this deal doesn't get done because of Joe Harris or Seth Curry. I'm going to lose it. Yeah, that would not not be ideal. Not be ideal. That's for sure. 
All right, let's see what else we've got going on here. I missed KJ Martin one I'm trying to make sure we don't miss any of these Jay Huff starting center that one just came through <laughs> I don't think Jay Huff is, I think that's going a bit too far <laughs> just a little bit no I, I was thinking about this in my head like if it's like okay. comes down to yeah if it comes down to TJ Warren or Thomas Bryant would you like just go get TJ use like oh, if it's your sure. last roster spot Get TJ and then maybe bring up Jay Huff as be your third center in the rotation, considering like AD is probably going to play a lot of center. Then it's Damian Jones, then Jay Huff. And Jay Huff kind of fills the role that you would get with Thomas Bryant anyway. I'm not opposed to that. Yeah, absolutely. If, if, regardless of what the, the roster makeup looks like, if TJ Warren says, I'll play for the veteran minimum, deal. Done. You're, you're taking him. He's the highest upside player that's still out there. That's it. That's that's what I'm doing. I'm getting that done. Yeah. And if not that means you, Thomas you don't have that big, that's okay. We're not saying Jay Huff is better than Thomas Bryant, guys. No. Calm down. Just checking to see if anything <laughs> else is going on here. Okay. Uh, Joey said Lakers get Kyrie, Patrick Bev. Nets get Russ THT, first-round pick, second-round pick. Jazz get Joe Harris, second-round pick. I haven't double-checked the money, but off the top of my head, it'll be close. Thoughts? Why no. are the Jazz getting looped into this? I feel like, yeah, I feel like this is just throwing the Jazz in just for Pat Bev. But, like, honestly, the Jazz have no real motivation to get involved. I mean, they're getting a second-round pick, but... I don't know. I, I don't. I think that you don't need. You're complicating things. Anytime you add a third team, you just increase the likelihood that a deal isn't going to get done um, because that's difficult. Yeah. People are asking if Patrick Beverly got bought out, would he be a good deal? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the only point guard I would pick over Kyrie is Steph Curry. Wow. Kyrie has shown when it's playoff time, he performs. I mean, he wasn't great in the playoffs this year. But he had a good game one, but like that rest of that Boston series, he disappeared. Right. So I don't know if I go that far. I certainly wouldn't say the only point guard I pick over Kyrie is Steph Curry, particularly when you add in reliability and, and all of that. Obviously, look, if Kyrie was really the second best point guard in the NBA, like clearly like this is if this is staying, the Lakers wouldn't be the only team after him. Right. Yeah. E- even with Kyrie pushing to try to go for the Lakers. But. I do think that he is a big upgrade over Russell Westbrook. You're a hater, Trev. You can't say that. <laughs> Robert Henderson, this summer league it team has already brought more joy than all of last season. Well, they're two and zero. how many times did we see last season? The team go two and zero, and, they, and yeah. they're winning by like a lot. Now, look, honestly, I, I usually just don't even pay attention to the scoreboard in summer league. Cause it doesn't really matter all that much. Um, I just pay attention to how guys are playing, but, like they're winning games and we haven't had that feeling in a while. I know, especially when they're winning by this amount, even even though it's summer league, like they won by what 30 tonight and like 34 yesterday. Yep. Some crazy like that. Jay Huff, Pippen Jr., Swider Man. I haven't heard <laughs> that one before. I like that. That's a good one. Swider Man. All right. 
All right, I like that. Uh, love those three uh, are great. I know it's summer league, but give some some claps to the scouting department. Swider and Huff, legit. Yeah, I mean, look, this has been the thing with the Lakers for years now. Has been that their scouting department tends to get it right, and so far, again, it's only two summer league games. Long way to go, but so far, they've got guys that look pretty good out there. Um, now, obviously, they do have guys who have experience. Mac McClung's got experience. And Jay Huff was with the Lakers last year. He was with the G League. So it's not all rookie guys that are that are coming in here. But still, you found some guy. I mean, Scotty Pippen Jr. right now looked great today uh, or looked very good. Then you've got Jay Huff doing stuff, who was a fine for them last year. Now you've, you're bringing in Max Christie, who's doing some good things defensively, even if the offense isn't quite there yet. They're finding players. And, of course, Cole Swider, Swider-Man, Great stuff. Yeah. Uh, Lakers scouting department. Pro- probably the thing I am most confident of in the front office. It's the scouting department. Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, definitely the thing I have the most confidence about with this organization. Look out. Here comes the Swider Man. <laughs> Are we having Andrew Garfield play him or does it have to be Cole Swider? Oh, no. Cole Swider can do it. Um, have you seen Kings Summer League fans react tonight? I haven't. No. Why? What, what do they rely? Yeah, what do they react on? The Keegan dropped like 40 again tonight. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see what Keegan, Keegan Murray was great first game yesterday, but yeah. I didn't see uh I didn't see their reaction. So if there's something that that happened, just let us know. Something important that happened there. Back to that scouting department piece really quickly. You look at this summer league team, this might be bold, but there's like five guys I think could be quality rotation players at one point in their career. Obviously, Max, Cole, Scotty, Jay. I'm high on Fabian White. Missing somebody. That's five already. I feel like I'm missing a guy. Mac, maybe Mason Jones. So, like, that's seven. That's seven guys who could probably, I'll take Mac off. I'm more confident about Mason. That's six guys that you got that could either for you or for somebody else be a quality rotation piece. And that's the Lakers. That's their scouting department for you. So give them kudos. Do a great Absolutely. job. Absolutely. Absolutely. They definitely should. Uh, Mac McClung thoughts on him. What, what do you think about his game, his performance? Um, I don't know if underwhelming is the word, but I kind of expected a little bit more, especially for a year two player. He's already played in the G League for a year. I don't know. I feel like he's kind of been outshined by some of these other players. He hasn't played bad per se. No, but he's fun. He's got he's some fun. moments where you just go, "Whoa, okay." He turned on the Jets. Like there was a play where he he got the board and he was around the the free throw line on the defensive end and just burst past everybody and scored. Like nobody yeah. was moving the same speed that he was. Um, so he's got that ability, but question is can he succeed at the nba level we'll see uh but i can say that he's he's one of those guys where in games like this you don't want to look away because he could do something yeah absolutely bonkers at any moment like that am one finish at the rim was insane so give him credit for that yep uh sd said i know you guys think i'm a rob hater i just want the team to thrive but isn't the reason we're nervous regarding Kyrie because we don't trust robert genie I think had last summer not happened the way it did, we would have a lot of faith in Rob Palenka. Right? That's a fair but point. I think it's it's also completely reasonable to 
not have faith after what we just saw happen last summer. So I don't think you're mm -hmm. wrong to, to not have faith in the front office and to question what the front office is doing. Um, I think that's totally fair. And there's only one, there's one way that you can get rid of that. There's one way that that gets fixed. Win. That's it. That's the only way that people will start to trust the front office again is the team has to win. Period. Winning cures all. So we'll see if that happens. We'll see what they do this summer. I'm still questionable on the Lonnie Walker signing. I'm My concern is, was it other factors beyond what he does on the floor that caused them to sign him? If the answer is no, that they just really like him as a player and he hits like, hey, great. And that's fantastic. Then the front office made the right decision. But the clutch thing how quickly that went down. All, there's there's just a few things that raised some eyebrows. And again, hopefully he hits and everything is great. But other than that, I look at the, the signings they've made. They're all just fine. Is there one that's going to move the needle a lot? No, but maybe the Kyrie news uh, becomes that. Maybe a Kyrie move becomes the move that's really going to move the needle and change things for this team this season. I'm not going to go too, too long. I just want to, since you brought up Lonnie Walker, when this film breakdown drops, you guys are going to think I'm the biggest Lonnie Walker hater in the world. <laughs> I promise you, I'm just providing an objective point of view on Lonnie Walker's tape. And uh, yeah, there's my tease for that, I guess. The the defense that is a concern. I mean, look, I mean, you know, so Bill Simmons on his podcast was celebrating the Lakers using their tax pyramid level on Lonnie Walker. Because he hates the Lakers and he thought that he thinks it's just a terrible, terrible move. Um, I don't think it's a terrible decision. I think that it, there's some upside there and it's possible the Lakers see something in him that works. I mean, just like they did with Malik Monk. So that's very possible. But my concern is you took your biggest chip that you had to bring in somebody who can make a difference and you bet it on something of an unknown in Lonnie Walker. Like you don't know. And so far, the answer is no. Can he defend at a high level? The answer has been no. You don't know for sure that he can get there. And you don't know for sure what you're going to get out of him on the offensive end of the floor. That part makes me nervous that you took the biggest chip that you've got and you bet it on that. But you know what? I, I thought of this too. If you flipped Juan Toscano Anderson and Lonnie Walker and you put Lonnie on a veteran minimum and JTA on the taxpayer mid-level, wouldn't that feel about right? Hmm. I honestly, I think it would be about the same. I think I would rather pay Lonnie a taxpayer because I think the okay. upside's there. I don't think Juan's worth the taxpayer, but I see where you're coming from because Juan is more of an easy fit. I think there's exactly. some unknown with Lonnie. So I'm not, yeah, I can see where you're coming from, but I think that'll be an overpay. But I definitely see where you're coming from. Sky Maps says, I don't think the Lakers should worry about future picks. If things go terrible in the next couple of years, would you trade AD for picks? Love the show. Well, thank you. Uh, and yes, you could certainly do that. So you can get some of those picks back, but the challenge is always if you don't have your own pick, when that pick is tied directly to your record, in theory, if you're going to trade AD and you're going to try to tank, you're going to try to bottom out, it's hard to do that when you don't have the reward tied directly to your record like you do if you have your own draft picks. So I do agree that you could ultimately, if you decide to rebuild, flip AD, get some picks, and off you go. That would help make up for losing future picks. 
but it's still not the same as having your own pick and what that can do for you if you have a team that's bad for a few years. That's why this Kevin Durant Brooklyn Nets thing is so interesting because Brooklyn don't have their own picks. They don't have their picks. And this is why I made this point on another channel, um, Raptors, because they're interested in Kevin Durant. And I brought up a point. I was like, don't be surprised if KD, in my opinion, goes for less in terms of draft compensation than what Rudy Gobert got. And the reason being is because Brooklyn, they're trying to still be moderately decent so that those picks that Houston get aren't top five because Brooklyn sucks, right? So that's why Brooklyn, they're more, in my opinion, they should be more worried about getting decent players than getting 15 draft picks because if you go the 15 draft picks route you're gonna suck for the next for until this houston rockets deal is, is done and houston's gonna be thanking sean marks for doing that deal until the end of time so yeah but i think that's a good point you brought up trevor yeah um all right why don't we wrap things up there? Obviously, I, I've been on pins and needles all day waiting for some sort of Kyrie news to come the out. The streak is over. Uh, I mean, the day's not over yet. You never yeah. know. The day is not over yet. Never know when this could come out. But we are on Kyrie watch, waiting to see if this is ultimately going to go down, when it's going to happen, what it's going to look like. So make sure you guys are staying subscribed to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Follow us on social media at Lakers Nation on Twitter and Facebook at Lakers Nation official on Instagram at LakersNation.com over on, on TikTok. You can go to LakersNation.com for all of our written work. We're going to keep you as up to date with everything as we possibly can. But thank you, everybody, for coming in. Appreciate you guys for joining us tonight. If you listen to the podcast version of this, make sure you go subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. Give us that five-star rating and review. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.